Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Claire! And welcome back, everybody, to another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Again, that's Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper, and certainly not Dr. PP. That would be a well, that'd be a very different episode with a very different doctor. I'm Dr. PPR. I specialize in fantasy football healthcare. Yeah, the PPR. Uh, is for points per reception. But of course, we never exclude anyone who are in standard or traditional fantasy leagues. Of course, if you're in a 14-person standard league, you can still listen to this show. I just hope it's behind bars because you're a criminal. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it is Monday, September 18th. Most of week two is behind us. We have two NFL games tonight. Saints are playing the Panthers and the Browns are playing the Steelers. Uh, So... You're probably playing against Olave, maybe the Saints defense. If you're sneaky in the draft, you looked at the Saints schedule and thought to yourself, I am an intellectual. The Saints have the easiest schedule in the in the entire league. I am smart. I'm going to take the Saints D. Okay, that was a cool strategy. You could have just got the Cowboys and Niners, but whatever. Um, and then we got Brown Steelers. You're probably playing against Nick Chubb, maybe an Amari Cooper. Oh, my God. Pat Fryermuth. That guy could fuck you up. Yeah, Jesus Christ. If you have an 11-point lead and you're playing against Pat Fryermuth tonight, that's hell. I mean, that is right in the sweet spot of what you can do. You're, you're, if you have a 25, 30-point lead, you could just watch the game and gamble on it for fun. And you're playing against Fryermuth. If, if Fryermuth has to cover 30 points worth of ground, it's done. But 11, if you have an 11-point lead and you're going against Pat Fryermuth, oh, that, that's hell. I mean, not as much hell as being a Bears fan, but definitely stress. Okay, uh, we're going to do a quick recap here of most of week two. This Sunday games, we already talked about the Minnesota game. The Kirk Cousins, I'm just going to touch on this quickly. It's it's kind of funny how big of a media presence he's been having the past year or so. I think it probably dates back to when they were decent last year. Well, decent at best, and he wore the chain. And then every single producer is like, oh, we can do a commercial with Kirk. Like they all did one and now this guy is all over TV and yet he's actually, I think he's leading the league in passing yards. He, he's either first or second. He's one of the two uh, and they're all into, and they look exactly mid as all mid gets and, and he's doing great. So that that's sort of the caveat there, which I think is funny is he's losing, but he's doing great and he's killing it in media. His commercials are hilarious because he's such a fucking nerd. I don't know if he's trying to be funny all the time or if he's just absolutely like a dork. We'll keep tabs on that. If he's truly a dork, then it's not so funny. Then we're just laughing at him. Um, but yeah, quick recap. The Bears suck. I mean, they're just horrible. Uh, you know, 
I put so many chips down on Justin Fields to be good this year. I, I drafted him in like three leagues with the anticipation of it's year three. Let's make the jump. The guy's already a track runner. He's going to get so many yards just on the ground. Now he's got DJ Moore. He's got a more experienced Claypool. What's not to like? I mean, that's 18 to 20 points a week, even if he doesn't even throw a single touchdown. Well, I didn't realize that he actually is the one that needs an optometrist and not Baker Mayfield. There were so many open receivers, so many plays where it's like, you don't have to score a touchdown here. Just throw the fucking ball. Oh my God. I, I heard a really good point over the weekend about Ohio state quarterbacks. And, 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 and now I actually can't stop thinking about this and it may not apply to CJ Stroud because he's actually fucking killing it in Houston. He's, Owen two, or again, he's Owen two, but I mean, the guy had over 300 yards in his second game ever in the NFL. And, and this is against a uh, Colts defense that is trying to make a name for themselves as a defense. And he fucking torched them. They lost because you know, they're young and they're trying to figure their own shit out, but man, he looked good. So he might be the outlier of this Ohio state quarterback hypothesis. Uh, but I heard a really good point over the weekend from my roommate and from his buddy who played college football. And it's the fact that Ohio state football is such a, a behemoth of an offense. And it, it's an absolute Titan uh, against mortals, right? I mean, it's literally an NFL offense. The play design is, is spectacular. The routes, the, the, the receivers, the recruits they get. I mean, fucking you kidding me. They have Marvin Harrison jr. They got uh, Olave was there. They're all, they always got these stud guys that, even the most mid and decent quarterbacks who just wind up there, who I'm sure are amazing in their own right, but mid comparison to the rest of the NFL, we'll call it, they look elite there. They're, they're Heisman contenders because their receivers are, are God mode and the, and the passing tree is insane. Once you get to the NFL, the play calling starts to level out, unless of course you're Shanahan, then you're God tier. Uh, and everyone else is fucking insane as well. Every every other player is is just as elite as the best of Ohio State can offer. So that's why I'm almost ready to say Justin Fields is just another well failed Ohio State prospect. I'm I'm this close. I'm this close. Well, I'm I'm going to bench him this week because I have Jared Goff on my bench, and I just can't watch Goff go off again. Um. So th th that's how I feel about that. I was also wrong about Baker Mayfield. I want, I want to, I'm not ready to apologize for the season, but for this game, I thought this game was going to go very different. Apparently Baker Mayfield is just Tom Brady on the box, at least after two games. So I want to apologize. If you took my advice to fade the shit out of the bucks, I thought bears money line bears spread bears. Everything was just the, the move. Um, I was wrong. Also on this quick recap, the Bengals look awful. And uh, Joe Burrows is, is doing his best um, bird box impression of just blindfold and trying to move an offense on the field uh, after signing the biggest fucking NFL contract in fucking history. It's a lot of fuckings there, but it's a point of emphasis. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it feels like a fleece. It's not a fleece. He's worth every penny. He's Joe Burrow. He, he is the future of the NFL. If he can stay healthy, um, smaller asterisks than the two size. if he can stay healthy, but he, if he can stay healthy, he, he, he will win a couple of super bowls. He just will. The, the, this happens with the Bengals. I feel like they always start off really slow, especially in this Joe Burrow era. They've been starting off slow 
and then it's just like week three, week four, they kick it in the gear. They win like eight games in a row. And you're like, okay, like, yeah, when you're eight and three and you're hotter than shit, no one's going to remember the week one and week two blunders you had. Who cares? It's, it's about staying hot. So just cool it. I know if you drafted Jamar chase, you're probably really bummed. You didn't take like Pollard or Derrick Henry. Just, I mean, I told you to get the running backs before the receivers, but you know, I'm not, I'm going to be a good doctor. The bedside manner is going to, it's going to, it's going to remain. I'm sorry. You took Jamar chase as early as you did. If he fell to you after all the good running backs were gone, just relax. It, it's going to be okay. Um, he, he's go, he's going to heat up. That team will heat up. They're they're very good. <clears throat> but who's not very good? <clears throat> excuse me. I'll tell you who's not very good is uh, is the Chargers. Yeah, they they are they are exactly the same team they've been for the past three years. Um, they're really good looking. Like they look great, aesthetically pleasing. They got gorgeous jerseys. They're in a brand new stadium. They got a beautiful quarterback yeah, a, a handsome quarterback of course but he looks great like the prototype you know big strong can move cannon arm accurate but they're mid i mean they're fucking mid they're the same fucking team for the past three years god it's almost like their coach who's been there for three years is like not a good coach this defensive minded coach who can't coach a defense for three years and they've been mid for three years. Huh? I wonder, I wonder what's wrong with that team. Oh, and maybe it's the coach. He's 19 and 17 as a, as a record there. That is the definition of mid middle. Like, ugh. like if they, they should, the chargers should just permanently relocate to the Midwest, like to Indiana or fucking Missouri, or it's just, just to totally encompass the mid. Like until you are a winning, well, they're they're technically winning, but until you are living up to the hype of playing in that beautiful stadium, which I got to see with my eyes yesterday. I mean, it's it's an architect's wet dream. It's incredible. Until you play up to that standard, you have to move to the Midwest and and earn your way out of the Midwest back to California. It's ridiculous. You have no excuse. You should be one of the front runners of the AFC, and you're absolute horseshit. Figure it the fuck out, Chargers. It's embarrassing. I'm not. I'm. I'm embarrassed on your behalf. I don't give a shit. But you know, I'm a doctor. I. I. I care for patients that are struggling to have guys like Keenan Allen or the Austin Ecklers. You're ruining their draft kings, but you're ruining their their career stock. So stop it. Uh, okay, another point I want to talk about: Houston lost, but Stroud could be good. Uh, I think Stroud could be. He could be a guy you pick up this year. Uh, because I was fucking right about Robert Woods and Nico Collins being great pickups last week. Good God. I mean, they killed it, both of them. Even Woods had a so-so eh, game. He had like 13 points. Collins had 30. They're good. They're they're, they're young. D'Amico Ryans is a new coach. They're young. Just I'm I'm excited to see what Houston does. I think he's the outlier of Ohio State quarterbacks. I think he can actually make a read. Unlike Justin Fields, who just folds like a lawn chair when pressure comes. And I guess Fields has just lost the ability to run, too, now. Finally, he scored. But, dude, he, he should be getting 60 to 70 yards rushing a week. When in doubt, just take off. Uh, and then uh, Giants pulled off one of the craziest comebacks that I've seen from them in recent years. I don't know 
why they were so bad in the first half and, and why it was sort of a, a continuance of playing the Cowboys. This is not the Cowboys. This is the Cardinals coached by coach Murr. Um, this was a season saving comeback for the giants. Cause now they're one and one, uh, but not zero and two with one of those losses being to the supposed winless Cardinals. So one and one going into week three, you are playing the 49ers at their home opener and you're going to get fucking clapped. Uh, like it's, it's going to be the most perfect surgical procedure. Brock Purdy could have this year is just ripping the giants apart. One by one. Saquon is hurt. Don't know exactly what he did. Um, but if you have any sort of betting sense, I, I would put a lot on the 49ers to kick the living shit. Excuse my bedside manner, but destroy the giants. Uh, because Brock Purdy said in a conference after he won the game in LA, I could have been better. God, I love this new 49ers era. So great. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, and then lastly, Sean Payton and Denver. Jesus Christ. I'm not ready to call Sean Payton a bad coach. Um, but dude, the, the, the poor guy probably has some sort of PTSD from no calls of pass interference. How how do you not call that? Like, if you want good entertainment, you got it. Russell Wilson just threw a Hail Mary to put them within two points after blowing a 21-3 lead. And then you have an opportunity to have more football, more money come in. And that's what never makes any sense to me, is I'm, I'm not ready to – obviously, it's really funny to say the NFL is rigged and sports are rigged and there's a script. I'm not completely ready to – fully invest and believe in that idea. I have moments where it's like, okay, somebody, somebody's betting on this game. Right. But I don't know if everything is totally like completely scripted because sometimes there's, there's opportunities as a television program, which the NFL is to make more money, to keep people watching more commercials, more revenue. And you end a game quicker than it needs to be ended. Like why the fuck would you not call that pass interference? It's very clearly a pass interference. Give us overtime. What the fuck was the point of that? You want this game to be over? The script has Washington being 2-0, and Denver being 0-2. No, fucking go back to the writer's room. Give us a little more exciting of an ending. Like, Jesus Christ. Totally wasted opportunity by Hollywood there. Um, but but Russell Wilson is... You are running out of runway, pal. Uh, you are... The moldy bread is now becoming black mold. Like, like we're consuming that could be cancerous. Um, yeah, really, really bad. It blew a 21 to three lead at home against Sam Howell and the commanders. Ugh, bad. Okay. Speaking of bad, let's talk about instances of malpractice on my end. I gave you some prescriptions last week and I think a lot of them did pan out pretty well. Some of them, Hmm. Some of them were not good calls. I'll be the first to admit. I gave you the wrong drugs on some of them. You were probably prescribed something to make you sleep, and I gave you cocaine. My bad. Um, but I was right about a lot of things. First of all, I was right about Puka Nakua. Kind of. Okay. Technically, I told you to go get the guy. I said, he's great. He's Matt Stafford's boy. He's the replacement Cooper cup. And, and it was proven again. He just racked in targets. He had uh, just so many balls caught. I mean, he is 
It's I saw that game live. I saw it live. Puka Nakua is running these 10 yard ins, 12 yard outs, slants. He's just everywhere. He's and efficient is not even the best word to describe that offense. They were they were almost flawless for three quarters. They were amazing. And Puka Nakua is a focal point. Okay, here is where I was wrong. I said to not start him against the 49ers. Oh, and I meant it too. I really thought the Niners would see Puka Nakua as, well, Cooper Cup and how they would prep for Cooper Cup and let anybody else beat you. The problem was Stafford was so money. He, I mean, he was he was like he was an actual surgeon out there. It was a it was a surgeon fest between Brock and Stafford. None of them threw a big ass deep ball. They were both just kind of operating down the field as they would oh, a little cut here, a little cut here, just taking some meat off the bone here, just a little precision uh, slice here. Just they were money. So, oh, I'm really sorry. Technically, I told you to sit. I told you to sit Puka Nakua, and if you did, that's like 30-ish points on your bench. I'm sorry. Hey, good news is you could play him this week. That's what I said. I said don't play him against the Niners. Play him the next week. So he's obviously the guy. He's probably the wide receiver one in Los Angeles. And when Cooper Cup comes back, he'd probably still be involved. So you have him. Good news is you have him, but you didn't play him. If you listen to me, I'm sorry. Really sorry about that, but you have the drugs. You maybe took the wrong dosage or didn't take the day that I told you, but my fault, my fault, but you have them. Good news. So you have them. Um, but if you bench Drake London, like I told you to, oh, that's probably a, a you know, that's probably a sting on the wound a little bit uh, because he had one target last week. And I kind of looked at this game as, you know, Low scoring, minimal from anybody on the Falcons. Packers, good defense, and Drake London scored just despite me. He didn't go off, you know, but that's probably like between 16 and 18 points on your bench. Sorry, but hopefully it wasn't life or death, right? I didn't cut, I didn't like cut a vein or anything. I know I told you to bench him and he did okay. Uh, We'll talk about him as the season goes on. He's going to be playing. Peekaboo, peekaboo all year with you. Am I going to be good or am I going to be bad? Good, bad, good, bad. So, um, okay, Jets. Oh, boy. Uh, Garrett Wilson was fine. So, if you had Garrett Wilson, I told you to just leave him. And, you know, he scored, touchdown, 60-yard bomb. So, that's bonus in some leagues, which is great. Uh, Two catches. Just two. One of them was the touchdown. So, yay, good. And then there was just one more after Bad. Um, Brees Hall also had four touches. I really thought they would go back to their stars and studs, and boy, they just... Zach Wilson just looked inoperable. Um, So, yeah, I I heard a lot of Zach Wilson uh, isn't going to win you the game, but he doesn't have to win you the game. Just don't lose the game. He, He pooped his pants. He pooped his pants. Um... Anyways, okay, uh, last instance of malpractice that I'm really not stoked about was the 49ers spread. Oh, my God. That wasn't just a bad beat. That was a criminal of bad beats, and I mentioned in a No Filter Network video, capital punishment is needed. Sean McVay is betting. That's my deduction. Sean McVay was betting on the game. He had to have been. I mean, the second that the Rams weren't going to beat the Niners, He's like, okay, I'm going to cut my losses because I'm already in the hole for Rams plus seven and a half. I don't want to lose the house 
because I'm betting on this game. We're going to cover the fucking spread if it's the last thing I do. I mean, and the Niners too, by the way. Their defense, there, there was a, a couple of times they could have picked the ball off. It, it like um, Hufunga had a pick robbed by Dre Greenlaw in the end zone. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not going to matter. Well, it did matter because the Rams were fucking sprinting to get a field goal kicked before the end of regulation. And for what? Like, I understand if you have a rookie kicker like Jake Moody, you want to get the rookie his reps. And he did get his reps, by the way, because Shanahan's not a gambler. He's a fucking coach. He kicked a 57-yarder because Moody needed the reps. And he didn't give a fuck about the spread. Shanahan would probably never care about the spread. McVay, that smug little bastard, he's getting all the money he can doing Campbell soup commercials, TV ads, and gambling. Like, what was the race to get that kick in? You're trying to get reps for who? A rookie? No. You have Brett Maher, seasoned veteran. What is he going to do with 36-yard kick? What is the point? If anything, old muscles tear with extreme usage. So he should have been on ice. But uh, that was an awful bad beat. I was there live, saw the stadium, amazing stadium. Uh, SoFi Stadium is quite literally Levi South. The rumors are true. It was a home game for the Niners. Like, it was all red. Like, 80% red. The blue there were the empty seats. Because you can't... I mean, not everyone in LA can afford a $900 ticket in club level. I, I of course, was sitting up in the nosebleeds. Had to get my gas mask at the front gate before heading up there via elevator and, you know, gondola. But... um Great stadium, great game. I really, really liked the Niners. I mean, that it was like eight and a half, seven and a half, eight, whatever it was. It looked great. Just awful bad beat breakdown. Okay. Um, last thing here uh, before I let you go. Again, I like to make these episodes short because I have a lot of patience to get to, but not a lot of patience. <laughs> Horrible. Anyways, uh, if you listen to the episodes last week, you know that I do this thing where I will try to assemble a fantasy football team using guys from the waiver wire and the waiver wire alone. The idea is if my team that I pick up from the waiver wire does better than the team you draft in August, then you suck at fantasy and you definitely need to see my show and to take in my help. I'm legally obligated to help you. I would lose my practice if I didn't help you, but um, if you got to take initiative on your own to listen to this show if you can't outscore the teams that I draft from the waiver wire. And again, I can only take guys that I see across the board. I can't be like, oh, yeah, and, and Cooper Cup's on the waiver wire because he's hurt. No, no one's dropped Cooper Cup. These waiver wires are also sort of ambiguous in nature. Um, it's not an exact science because obviously everyone's waiver wire looks different. So I usually take guys I see. I'm in like three different leagues. So if I see a guy on there in three different leagues, I consider him eligible for my team. Okay. So the goal was 90 points. I said, I want to score 90 points from these, these band of misfits, this, this team of shitheads that nobody wants. I bet you I could score over 90 and outscore a lot of fucking guys like yourself. Right. That was the idea that I could outscore your team. And now you need to see my help. Well, here's my team. I had Jordan Love, Jarek McKinnon, Justice Hill, Robert Woods, Kendrick Bourne, Nico Collins, Logan Thomas, Commanders D, and Jason Sanders. 104 points, motherfuckers. That team fucking killed it. 
I mean, Jordan Love, 20 points. Jerick McKinnon laid an egg with five. I thought he'd do better, but, you know, more than most if you had some shitty running backs. Um, Justice Hill, 8.3. Robert Woods, I told you to get Robert Woods. He had 13 points. I said I like Robert Woods. I also said I loved Nico Collins. He was my flex. I'm not going to take credit for Puka Nakua because I told you to pick him up and not play him, but he should be on your team. If you started him, he went off for 32 in some leagues. Uh, but Nico Collins had 29 points-ish, over 100 yards. Logan Thomas, I told you, what does a rookie quarterback love? Big-ass targets. Logan Thomas scored a touchdown, got a few balls. That's 10 points right there. Commander's D, I, I didn't love how they scored a Hail Mary at the end just to rack on points, but I knew that Denver was going to be iffy. And so I like that defense. Jason Sanders could have put up a little bit better of a fight than four points in Sunday night football, but what are you going to do? My team scored 104 points that I drafted off the waiver wire. If I outscored your team, you need to listen to this show because you need fantasy football healthcare now. Okay. And that's the show. A couple guys to keep your eye on this week are going to be debuted tomorrow in tomorrow's show. Of course, every Monday is the recap show from the weekend. Tuesdays are prescriptions. That's usually when the waiver wire is open. If you get in a cadence, listen to the show on the days they come out. They're the most effective. I can't tell you to go get somebody if you listen to him on if you listen to me on Thursday and I say go get him on Tuesday, that's not the doctor's fault. You're too slow. Just follow the drugs and take everything in and in the cadence I'm telling you to do. Uh, but definitely keep your eye out for some of these players that popped off this week. Um, in particular, Zach Moss for Indianapolis. He could make some noise. Richardson is out with a concussion. They need a running game. And Jonathan Taylor is still on the mysterious PUP list. Um, keep an eye out for him. Re- receivers, boy, if Nico Collins is still sitting there, you need to get him. He is... He is probably the wide receiver one and Woods is two. Uh, KJ Osborne, I'd be interested to see what he does as teams try to put triple spy, triple cover Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. But yeah, all that comes tomorrow. That's the prescription day. And of course, Friday is when I do my betting locks. Guys, thank you for listening. This has been another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I, of course, am the host, Dr. PPR, Henry Markin. That's Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper, certainly not Dr. PP. Uh, And remember... Eat your vegetables, uh, get some rest, and always trust your doctor. Have a great rest of your Monday. We will see you later on this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. 
Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.